Hello and welcome to Food To Go, the podcast brought to you by New Food Magazine. I'm joined as ever by Grace. Grace, not scheduled this one. We're billing it as an emergency pod, aren't we? No, it's very last minute, but it needs to it needs to be done. It does need to be done because this week we were shocked, I think it's fair to say, with some pretty landmark news out of Washington, D.C. from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. A double hit, really. Uh, we had the Deputy Commissioner Frank Yanis resigning last week, and then we had some pretty big news from Commissioner Robert Califf this week. Um, we couldn't just let that lie, could be Grace. We had to get something together for our listeners. Yeah, of course we did. I remember Josh turned to me in the office yesterday and his mouth was hanging open and he was like, have you seen this? And I, I didn't really know what to say, but no. I'm glad we've got an expert on the topic to talk us through it. It, it was big news. It was big breaking news. Um, I actually proclaimed to our accounts department while I was in there that, oh my God, look at the breaking news. And, and, and they thought that it was global breaking news that would affect them and their day-to-day life. And I'd say, no, no, it's very much food safety breaking news. Don't worry. Um, you can still make it home safe. Um, nothing's going to uh, affect you. But no, it's, it's big news for our sector, isn't it? And so to analyse that big news, um, as ever, we've called on the experts because me and Grace, although we can talk for a long time, we don't always have the expertise. <laughs> so agreeing very, very late in the day, but waking up very, very early in the morning is Stephen Mandelak, Executive Director of the Association for Food and Drug Officials. Steve, good morning. First of all, have I got your job title right? You do. Uh, it's great to be here. Thank you so much, Steve. Um, we're going to grill you for the next 15 minutes to really try and get to the heart of what yesterday's news means for not just the US food and beverage industry, but I suppose the global food and beverage industry. But first of all, very briefly, as you understand it, what did Commissioner Robert Califf announce yesterday? Well, I, I think he made a, a handful of, uh, of things clear yesterday. First, he did announce that he's going to do a consolidation of at least portions of the human food program with FDA, uh, in particular their Office of Human and Animal Foods, where the deputy commissioner had sat previously, and the Center for Food Safety and Applied Nutrition, uh, putting those under a deputy commissioner for human foods that will directly report to the commissioner. That's a really good step takes us back to pretty similar to what we saw during the Obama administration under Commissioner Hamburg, um, with the exception of not having the duplicative center director and the deputy commissioner. So we see that as a, as a good first step in aligning. In addition, he's said there will be some additional accountability measures for the field operation, which is the Office of Regulatory Affairs, where the inspectors and many of the regulatory labs are located. That still remains a little amorphous uh, to the community. Uh, we're still getting some answers. Um, For my audience, uh, who I work with every day, the state and local agencies that do a huge portion and normally most of the food safety work in the United States, they're actually creating a special office under the deputy commissioner with responsibility of working with those areas and and really trying to enhance those relationships uh, over time. We think that's a a really good positive first step. You know, so overall, you know, it's probably... uh, Many things that we would have liked to see, but there's a handful of things that are still uh, dotted lines, matrix management that make accountability less challenging. So I think the, the overall, the U.S. regulatory community that has been engaged in this and uh, food safety community, I think feels like we got some very positive steps, but there's more to do yet. Steve, can you tell us why this matters so much to the food and beverage industry? Why might they be pleased with this news? Sure. Um, FDA has become paralyzed. Uh, When I say that, getting any decision, any guidance, uh, when you look at the most basic items are taking a decade to do. 
that just is no longer meeting the needs of our food and beverage community. Uh, Industry is being stifled uh, by and is no longer able to innovate largely because the federal agency just is not keeping up and is unable to make quick decisions. So we really see this as an opportunity to streamline that process, retool FDA for the, you know, what I'm going to say, the food safety of the next generation or, or maybe even the next century. Steve, can I ask you a cheeky question? Um, we got Frank's resignation through last week, which came as a surprise to me, might not have done to you. Do you think that's affected this news out of the FDA or do you think this was always the plan and now there's just more eyes on it because of what Frank said in his regulatory statement? How do you see that playing out? Well, uh, you know, I, I, the FDA has been floating ideas uh, for, uh, I would say, three or four months, even pre-Reagan-Udall report, which was that huge review done of the agency. Um, I think what we've seen is an evolution over that time. Um, so originally, we can't possibly not have symmetry between medical products and food. We have to, we, so we can't do the deputy commissioner. We want them to look alike. That all really changed in the last month. We started seeing uh, a bit of a change in Commissioner Califf's uh, thoughts and what he was saying out uh, to people as he met with them. It seemed like he was beginning to understand, well, maybe they aren't the same and maybe we can do something a little different for the, for the two big program areas within the organization. Um, so, you know, I think that that was good. I think Frank's letter helped refocus perhaps the community and Congress on this particular issue. And, you know, um, let's just be honest. I think uh, the, within the community, we would all say we're saddened by the departure of Frank Giannis because he does understand food safety, understands the food industry, he understands the food regulatory community. I, I, I venture to say better than anyone that's been in the agency in probably a decade. He's very, he has a, his level of knowledge is just beyond belief. And frankly, He's different. Now, I will say within the agency, though, that created a challenge because he's really a behavioralist at heart. That's not a hard science. The agency is full of hard scientists, microbiologists, chemists, those sorts of individuals. They just didn't understand the soft stuff that he was trying to do as well, uh, which is really too bad. Um, I will also say that I think his resignation will hurt our ability to recruit the absolute best candidate for this deputy commissioner of human foods. You know, Frank had a reputation for going in and solving uh, very complex problems and very challenging bureaucracies. You know, I'm just going to put it out there. Walmart is a big bureaucracy that is not simple to navigate, and he was highly successful there. Uh, but FDA, um, you know, is a, is a different beast, and that's going to make a lot of the external folks very um, cautious about uh, being interested in this type of position. So you mean to say, if I've understood this correctly, that if I'm the head of food safety at a Walmart, at a Kraft Heinz, et cetera, et cetera, I might now look at that job and think, do you know what, I don't, I don't, I don't quite fancy that anymore. I, I think there's a lot of folks that are going to say with, uh, with Frank, who is one of the most talented folks in the industry and really the mentor to so many of the folks that are up and comers now, uh, not being able to be successful there uh, or as successful as I think he would have liked. Is this really where I want to go? Can I really make a difference here or can I do more stuff, um, do better externally? And that's going to be a challenge. The commissioner is going to have to do a real hard sell job to convince the really excellent candidates that should be interested that they really are interested in going to the agency. And Steve, just on this point of, of, of that leader that we're, we're going to be looking for as a sector, it does appear as if your calls for that single empowered food leader within the organization have have been answered i know that in your panel at food and safety us yourself and, and, and your wonderful panel of experts 
spoke about this for quite a long time and really called on on the FDA to appoint that one person that can oversee human foods program. Is that what this is? So, so we're getting part of the way there, but what we didn't see was the uh, essentially the the strong level of authority over the field operation. Those inspectors that are in the plants every day, um, those uh, and those um, labs that are doing the routine sampling activities and those sort of things, we didn't see that actually. It's we're still relatively unclear of what that looks like. What we're hearing from the commissioner is the new deputy will have budgetary authority over that group, but they will still report to a different boss that reports directly to the commissioner. Um, our experience in government is matrix management or you know dotted lines, as we often say on org charts, just are less effective. Uh, we really do believe that uh, you know a true uh, reporting relationship or even a dual reporting relationship uh, would make a difference. What we see within the uh, FDA is those things that are being measured that are part of your performance evaluation, the performance metrics for a unit are what you accomplish. I think it's going to be harder with this being a, a dotted line or a matrix management situation to get the right things on those key people's performance evaluations and performance metrics for those areas. With that in mind then, Steve, how do you think having a single food leader will affect the regulatory landscape moving forward for the FDA? So the one good thing is they will clearly have authority over the regulatory agenda. So, I mean, when it comes to setting the priorities for what's going to be developed, what guidance documents come out next, timelines and all of that sort of stuff, uh, information, he will, he or she uh, will have that ability uh, to set that agenda and clear authority to do it. Um, you know, their challenge is going to be to push the agency to be faster, more nimble uh, in reacting than what they have been historically. Uh, but I think uh, the right leader can definitely um, make that happen. One other thing that I don't know if you're going to say this is good or bad, but I think it's an opportunity for the new leader. We have a lot of individuals that are retiring out of the agency right now. And, and you know, that really presents an opportunity to bring in a new crop of leaders with different skill sets and maybe modernize the skills of the agency uh, over the next very short period of time. So I, I think I'm hopeful of that also. Steve, you mentioned earlier that the FDA has been in a state of paralysis. Um, do you think this will quicken up decision making? Because there are some big, big decisions that are on the FDA's table. I'm thinking immediately of cannabis and THC that's on the FDA's table. There's others abound. Does this program, if the changes are realised, and that's a big if, does it quicken up the pace of decision making in, in your view? I do think it will pay, uh, make decision making much more streamlined because previously you had two direct reports to the commissioner that had to agree on everything to get anything moving forward, uh, both the center director and the deputy commissioner. Now we've really streamlined that process. Cannabis, um, for those of you that didn't notice, there was a major announcement on CBD last week. The FDA basically said, we don't have authority, we don't have a pathway for this, Congress fix it and create a pathway so that we know what to do with it. And they said, we don't believe it's a food, we don't think it fits in dietary supplements, it, we don't believe it necessarily fits in the pharmaceuticals, we need a new, a, a new mechanism of regulating. So I don't anticipate a whole lot of activity on cannabis uh, out of the agency absent uh, you know, uh, an insistence from Congress or uh, or some sort of statutory adoption that gives them some authority to develop a, a different regulatory scheme there. You've obviously read Commissioner Caliph's statement, as I'm sure we all have, but is there anything that you think is missing from the changes that you'd expect to see? 
Yeah, I really do think that getting that field operation directly accountable to the new deputy commissioner is going to be important for success. The other thing that I, I thought the commissioner still has not completely understood is the interrelationship between the Center for Veterinary Medicine and the Human Food Supply. Um, you know that is uh, that is t completely linked. In addition, if you look at the animal food rule and the human food rule, they are nearly identical. Having those in, uh, under separate chains uh, with uh, with dual uh, different reporting relationships just does not seem like a great thing for the industry. In addition, as you all know, particularly in animal food, there is a lot of animal food that is produced by the human food industry. Uh, it just was one of those decisions that uh, didn't make a lot of sense. We can't state enough though, the field operation, those labs that are working in it have to be directly accountable. And the last piece of that is we have to see clear budget transparency. Uh, when you talk to the folks that are working on this budget every day uh, on, you know, on Capitol Hill and elsewhere, they struggle. They're like, we're not sure where the where the money's at and where it's going. Uh, that's not the way the budget should operate. And, you know, it's almost like a, I don't want to say a shell game, but no one seems to be able to figure out the budget. And, you know, and everyone that tries comes with different numbers, different ideas, etc. So hopefully we'll begin to see some clarity there because uh, I'll be honest, most of the, uh, the folks in the community are not likely to advocate for more funding for FDA until they understand where the current funding for the food program is going. And the agency probably does need more funds. But we need to see that, uh, have a better understanding of where they're putting their existing resources before many people are willing to support that endeavor. Steve, you're clearly an expert on, on federal regulatory matters, and you've got a lot of experience. Isn't it? In, in your current role, you deal more with state regulatory authorities. How is this change going to affect their day-to-day -day life? How, wh why should somebody running, working in Arkansas, Texas, Tennessee, wh why does it matter what's going on in Washington, D.C.? Well, because uh, the states work every day with FDA. They're, they're, they're the boots on the ground in many cases for FDA when it comes to doing, whether it be pr uh, almost all of the produce inspections, everything that happens at the retail, uh, restaurant, grocery, convenience store level is done by a state or local program. And uh, over 60% of the manufactured food uh, inspections that at plants that FDA calls their inspections are actually done by a state program. Um, we train hand in hand with the FDA. We work with them every day. We're coordinating information back and forth as far as incidents, complaints, inspections, uh, really trying to uh, have as efficient a system as possible. So what this probably means for a state and local program is at least there is one leader when there is a challenge that, that our community can go to and seek resolution. And I think we would tell you even under the you know, the, the Deputy Commissioner Light plan under um, Margaret Hamburg, we did see that that worked significantly better. Uh, Mike Taylor did take those things seriously when someone needed to go to the Office of Chief Counsel and have a conversation and say, hey, this does not make sense. Can we look at this and make sure that we've interpreted this correctly? He was the one to do that, and he did a great job of that. So I think this is a, a good step. I think we just want a little more. Um, uh, we see this as the once of, uh, uh, you know, maybe the once in a lifetime opportunity to not just move the furniture and the deck chairs around, but to actually move the walls and, and really sure up the house. Um, so, you know, we're hoping uh, that we may see a little additional over the next month. And the commissioner might rethink that uh, one item that, you know, maybe one and a half items, the uh, the CVM and the ORA pieces to make sure those really make sense going forward. Steve, do you think that this announcement is uh, positive to, to, to those state officials, not just because it's going to make their, their jobs easier in some respects of that single point of contact, but 
do you think they're being listened to? Yeah, I, I, we did see some significant things that the commissioner really has begun to understand um, much better over the last seven months. I will say he's been very engaged in the food community over, so, over the last seven months. Um, you know, I will be honest, we met with him more time, uh, more times in the last seven months than we had in the last 20 years. Uh, the person in that role. So he's definitely engaged. He's asking good questions. He's beginning to understand that interrelationship and how important it is. And also understanding that uh, FDA does not have the resources to do those things that are being done by the, the state and local programs today. So I, I think he, he is really beginning to get that and that uh, and also understands that perhaps that role can even be expanded into a, a bit different model, maybe something more similar to what we see in some of the other agencies such as EPA or um, uh, FSIS. So he, he seems to be getting it. Um, and I think uh, he's been very, uh, very articulate uh, when it comes to these programs and uh, very active. So uh, we're hopeful uh, that we continue to see uh, work in this area. And, you know, this is a good step for the for all of them also. Steve, last question from me, as you mentioned, this is part one. Um, there is a second phase coming to this announcement. And we're hopefully going to get back together and discuss that when it emerges, we think later on this month in February obviously that's that's TBC what do you expect to see in phase two and what what do you want to see I suppose there's there's two sides to that question well I I think we will get more level of detail um, one of our challenges for getting a lot of detail right now is some of these involve moving staff around uh, which requires union union and congressional and and essentially HHS and White House notification um, that um, so they weren't able to give quite as much detail as they might have hoped that process will be taking place uh, in the very very near future which will open up the ability to have a better full understanding of what they're thinking we would also anticipate to see some of those big questions that were are still on the uh, uh, that we were unable to get answers to where do recalls get housed um, what happens with um, you know how are you really going to do this relationship between ORA and the deputy commissioner of uh, human food is that uh, or maybe even some revisions in that um, what we have typically what we have seen uh, which is very good the commissioner is learning and he is not afraid to have his position evolve over time. So I think, you know, I'm sure that he's asking lots of questions. I know he did a marathon of I don't even know how many listening sessions uh, pre-announcement. Um, and then in the last two days, I think he's uh, he was doing every uh, 50, every 10 minutes a different group. Um, so, you know, he's been doing a lot um, and really talking to folks. Um, I think he's probably heard some consistent messages. And if uh, it's con if he follows his normal pattern, he'll go back and he'll think about that. And he'll think, did we miss some things here? Could we do this differently? Uh, could we have a, a bit more dramatic change? I think his challenge is he also was thinking, how much time do I have as commissioner? And how much can I fully effectuate during that time uh, wanting to do that? But what we're hearing from him is a lot of this uh, his intent would be to really have uh, a lot of this in place uh, or close to in place by the beginning of the federal fiscal year on October 1 which is a, a fairly dramatic time frame. Steve thank you so much for your expertise and your analysis as we said we'll definitely get back together with with, with you when that announcement comes out hopefully a more palatable time for you Eastern time because I know it is very early and um, Maybe we'll wake up early next time, Grace, or we'll stay up late, as, as the case may be. <laughs> yeah, either either way, we'll let you have a lie-in and we'll be the ones to get up early. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, thank you so much for your time. And listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Food2Go, um, the special emergency edition. We'll have a fully-fledged episode of Food2Go out very soon. And as I said, we'll be back with Steve in due course once we hear more from Commissioner Califf and the FDA on that 
quite revolutionary changes that are afoot. But until then, you can catch all of our previous episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also catch the entire back catalogue on the New Food website too. But for now, that's everything from me. Goodbye from myself. Goodbye from Grace. Goodbye from me. Thank you so much for listening. We'll speak to you next time. <laughs>